0: Welcome to this Pure Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash ZFS. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Moderna TX Incorporated. Welcome to this Pure Voice Talks on COVID-19 vaccination in children. This activity comprises two presentations featuring Dr. Allison Agu. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello, my name is Dr. Allison Agu. I'm an infectious diseases physician from the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine in Baltimore in the United States. Welcome to this activity about vaccination against COVID-19 in children. This is a two-part series. In the first, I'll present my perspective as a clinician around COVID-19 vaccination, potential benefits of vaccination for children, their families, and the broader community, But also the potential harms. The scientific evidence around the safety and the efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccine also critically important to discuss. But first I want to start with taking you back to the fall, the spring of 2020. I was in the midst of of seeing patients as we were all navigating this new pandemic, this new era. And we were just starting to see kids impacted by COVID-19 after hearing that they couldn't be impacted. Many of the kids were kids with respiratory conditions or underlying conditions. And then the first, ultimately, death in Baltimore was a young 13-year-old with no prior conditions who came in and died ultimately of MISC, a or multisystem inflammatory syndrome in children related to COVID-19. And that framed my perspective moving forward in terms of vaccination for children against COVID-19. So first, what do we know? We know that COVID-19 is less likely to cause serious adverse events for children. Kids are less likely to get really sick, but less likely to die. But kids do get sick and do die. And this is why we're talking about vaccination, which can decrease their risk of both. So the rate of hospitalizations for COVID-19 are as high, if not higher, than many of the other vaccine preventable illnesses that we routinely vaccinate kids against, varicella or the chickenpox, rubella, hepatitis A, and rotavirus. And we vaccinate our kids routinely, often without debate. So let's talk about what are the severe conditions or underlying conditions that put kids at risk for severe COVID-19. I think many of these you have talked about in adults, for kids they are somewhat similar. So underlying conditions like type one diabetes, having heart or cardiac and circulatory congenital abnormalities or anomalies. Obesity is one we've heard a lot about in adults, and it does apply to children as well, as well as conditions like hypertension, epilepsy, having neuropsychiatric disorders or congenital disorders, asthma, and just underlying chronic disease in general. In terms of COVID-19 vaccines in children, I think in essence it's important to say that there are effective vaccines for kids all the way down to six months of age against COVID-19. And the guidelines for, the, for the, the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S., the CDC, and your respective environments are important to look at. Those vaccines involve smaller doses of the mRNA vaccine compared to adults, and those studies were specifically done in kids all the way down to, to age six months of age to figure out what to give and what doses to give. But kids under the age of 12 and all the way down to six months can get vaccinated for COVID-19, though the doses and the schedule may be somewhat different and important to look at your local guidelines. How safe are these vaccines? And I think that's where much of the discussion and debate has come. By far, these are messenger RNA or mRNA vaccines that offer close to 90% effectiveness, particularly for the older kids, Thus for the lower kids, but offer significant protection against kids. No vaccine, I repeat, no vaccine is 100% safe nor 100% effective. And most vaccines, if not all vaccines, have some common adverse effects. For COVID-19 vaccination, injection site pain, meaning where you get the shot, where you may have some pain. Some kids have and most people have some headaches, fever and fatigue, but not everybody can you predict what exactly they're going to have. I think importantly, because these are the ones that get all the press, are the very uncommon adverse events, like myocarditis or pericarditis, which is just a little irritational inflammation of the heart or the lining around the, the heart. Again, very low incidence, children 5 to 11 years of age, very low, less than 20 cases per million and for males 12 to 17, a little bit higher, but 50 to 139 cases per million. I think important to say that the large majority, if not 100% of these kids, have resolved their myocarditis and inflammation without long-standing effects. There are also menstrual disturbances that have been reported. That when data was looked at, absolutely there have been some changes in the menstrual patterns. So a day longer or a day shorter that has been related to COVID-19 vaccination. However. No studies have shown any association with fertility disorders for women or individuals who take the COVID-19 vaccination. So how effective are COVID-19 vaccines for children? So we do know that COVID-19 reduces the risk of Omicron-associated hospitalizations by about two-thirds among kids 5 to 11 years of age, and even more for the older kids. What we have seen is as the variants have changed and emerged, vaccine continues to be Effective. So, as with the flu vaccine, as things have changed, even the years, the worst years, when the flu vaccine is a 50 50 match, it still decreases hospitalization and severe disease. And we see the same with COVID 19 vaccine. So, one of the questions I oftentimes get, I'm sure you do too as well, will we have to continue getting vaccinated? I think, like the flu, as the various changes, over time and variants change, it is absolutely anticipated with new variants. We will need to shift the vaccines as we incorporate COVID-19 in our COVID-19, in our immunization programs across um, the U.S. And, and where you are, particularly since now the, the virus has shown that it is endemic and it's going to be with us and may ebb and flow. So that's my estimation and my my anticipation. So at the end of the day, to answer some of the questions that you've gotten and I hope that I've answered today, Why vaccinate against COVID-19 in summary, COVID-19 vaccination may lower the risk of severe disease hospitalization, particularly for kids who have underlying disease. COVID vaccine may also reduce the risk of transmission to others beyond children. This is where we have grandparents, immunocompromised individuals, and those in the community around kids. So if you can decrease their risk of getting COVID, you may decrease the risk of them transmitting to those that may be even more impacted for them. I think we don't underscore this enough. If we can reduce the risk of kids getting sick, we can allow them to continue their activities, particularly the social interactions that we learned during COVID-19 and the shutdowns were harmful for kids learning development, well-being and their mental health. Ultimately, it allows them to continue living their lives, but as well as their parents, the communities around them to continue to be to moving forward without being isolated and to be protected. With that, I want to thank you for listening, and please join us at the next session where I will share my own personal story around COVID-19 and the importance of vaccination in children. Hello, I'm Dr. Allison Agu from the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine in Baltimore, the United States. Welcome to this activity about COVID vaccination in children. During this talk, I will share my personal perspective around COVID-19 vaccination What are the reasons that made me vaccinate my own children? What are the possible reasons that make parents hesitant to vaccinate their kids against COVID-19? And also to talk about some of the effective communication tools that healthcare professionals can use when addressing these fears. But first, I want to tell you my story. So not only am I a physician, but I'm a mother of two kids. At that time, they were 11.5 and 13, a boy and a girl who is of menstruating age. I'm also a partner of an individual who's in his 50s, a type one diabetic and a hypertensive. I'm also a daughter of a woman with a respiratory condition that requires her to be on oxygen and Alzheimer's that I couldn't see for months and months or couldn't bring my kids around because of COVID-19. So I tell my personal story so you can hear about the concerns that I was wearing, weighing for myself So at that time was weighing all of the decisions right what to do how to do when to do and hearing the debates between my then 13 plus year old kid and 11 year old child about why he couldn't get vaccinated and she couldn't and weighing the differences potential for both of them but also seeing that debate way out in my patients in my practice so what are the key parental concerns that we're hearing about COVID 19 vaccination and some of the ones I had for myself. So first, I think safety, the short-term side effects. What are we immediately going to know? But then the long-term effects. What is the unknown? While we may know what COVID-19 may do, what about these vaccines? And what are they going to do to my children? I may take the risk for myself, but what am I doing to my kids? What are the developmental, puberty, and fertility concerns that may lie for them in the future? What are the risks? of the COVID, which I think I know, versus the risk of the vaccine to my kids that I don't know. What does this rushed approval authorization of the vaccine mean? Now we know it wasn't that, but the way it was framed was that. So what does that mean? And then the ever-present, my child already has had COVID, is it necessary to vaccinate? So there are the things that we know and the things that we don't know. What are the, the myths and what are the facts and how do we weigh those? And then as we weigh those, how do we communicate them to the people that trust us? And so I, I delved into all the literature at the time, figured out where we were, heard the studies, read the studies, and decided you know, that I, the benefits were outweighing the risk for my kids and were able to vaccinate both of my children. First, my daughter and heard all the arguments from my son until he could be vaccinated and had to accept that there was no vaccine, including the COVID vaccine, that was 100% effective or safe. But with all that I was seeing as a clinician at that time, those benefits outweighed the risk of the true unknown for COVID-19 that I was seeing. So in terms of how to communicate, I I would say in reflecting, and what I would say to you is first to listen to your patients. Never assume what they're coming with, right? To listen, you have to hear first, right? And to hear, you have to truly have an open mind and ear. To empathize with your patients. Conversations about vaccines are loaded with fear, stress, anxiety. And to assume that your way is the right way and only way only leads to shutting it down. So empathize. I understand. Let's talk about the actual data. Extend that conversation to the situation that's relevant to them, right? So you have to literally meet your patients and their families where they are, acknowledge and address their emotions, which can oftentimes be charged, and know there may not be an answer or a quote-unquote win that day. It's about extending that conversation, talking about childhood vaccinations may require multiple sessions multiple appointments it is important for them to know that while you may differ the door is open and you literally are waiting for them to step in and are willing to hear them where they are and create an open door policy it cannot be this the one and done conversation we'll talk about this today and there are multiple sessions where you can talk about it not badger but open the door and you'll find that they may be more conversation that happened, I'll send you something we'll talk about next time. So talk about their child and talk about what their potential risk. We know now that COVID-19 can impact kids, particularly those with underlying medical conditions. Just like in adults, kids with type 1 diabetes, um, cardiac and circulatory congenital abnormalities or anomalies, obesity, just like in adults, those with hypertension, epilepsy, neuropsychiatric disorders and then respiratory issues like asthma and other chronic diseases can put kids at increased risk for severe covid-19. So sharing information non-judgmental and having an exchange but also talking factually particularly when it comes to if their kids have those risk factors that we've talked about address how we can ad- can optimally take care of them. Address complacency. By discussing the risk and benefits of not just the vaccine, but again, for those kids, COVID-19 infection, what that means for their kids, particularly with those conditions, may help parents avoid being complacent. And it's really important not to fear monger, right? Because they've heard the messages about low risk, et cetera. So if you're just, your kid's going to die, you shut that down. But if you make it about their kid and what's important to them, they're more likely to hear you. So listen to them hear them, provide advice, and extend the conversation so it can happen again and again. In terms of a summary of where we are, I think it's important to acknowledge that not even every physician has a clear-cut way that they're approaching COVID vaccine, and they may be dualistic themselves. Never assume that you know where another person or patient or their family is coming from. I think it's about presenting the facts Presenting what you know and what you don't know, and opening dialogue and exchange to literally meet people where they are and hopefully get them where you'd like them to be. Thank you for listening. Appreciate your time. This has been an activity published by Pure Voice.